Hey everyone, welcome back to This is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger, as well as a wife and a mother. In this episode, I want to talk about how I navigate relationships now that I am sober. This has evolved dramatically since my early days of sobriety. I want to share with you today how I determine which relationships to nurture and which relationships to let go. Let's dive in. I just wrote a blog post called How I Navigate Relationships Now That I Am Sober. The first question I ask in this post is, would you rather have four quarters or 100 pennies? Obviously, four quarters is way more desirable than 100 pennies. Well, one, it's a lot easier to carry four quarters around, takes less energy, takes less strength, isn't going to weigh you down. The 100 pennies are going to be heavier. They're going to weigh you down and, you know, take a lot of energy in order to carry them. And that's kind of how I look at my relationships in my life. Do I want to have hundreds of friends? Okay, not hundreds, but you know what I'm saying. Do I want to have a large quantity of friends or would I rather have a smaller group of friends where there's more more quality and more substance with the relationship? Obviously, I am way more inclined to 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 have the four quarters. So, for reference, um, as I talk in this podcast today, I will refer to the people that uh, I, I want a relationship with as my quarters. And then for the pennies, I actually call these people energy vampires. And for people who are close to me, they've probably heard me use this term before. So I'm going to explain to you what an energy vampire is the long and the short of it here. Uh, An energy vampire is someone in your life that doesn't fill your cup, okay? There's someone that when you are done spending time with them or when you have been around them, you feel drained. You're tired, you just wanna crawl into bed. Um, Maybe while you're interacting, like your inner dialogue is like, how do I get the fuck away from this person? Those are energy vampires. They are stealing your your time, your energy, and they really leave you feeling depleted. An example of how to spot one or know that you have one in your life, I guess more of, is this actually is kind of like back when I was a drinker. If there was someone that I that was gonna be at like maybe a party or let's say a, a a like, you know, group function or get together. And I heard so-and-so was going to be there. I would instantly think, oh my God, they're going to be there. I am going to need to drink a lot to put up with them or to be around them. Now, if you have thought of those thoughts about someone when you were a drinker, maybe even when you're sober, (laughs) I don't know. Um, 
That is definitely an indicator that that person is an energy vampire in your life. And it's probably not someone you want to invest a lot of time with. Um, I can say now when I was drinking, that's how I coped being around them. And to be honest with you, energy vampires love to prey on us even more when we're drinking because alcohol is like brings your vibration down to their level. And so they, you're just like the easiest prey ever. So yeah, that, that is definitely, um, a reason to not drink is because it makes it a lot harder to get away from these, uh, energy vampires. So now that I've given you kind of an idea of what an energy vampire is, let's dive in to your quarters. So your quarters are going to have certain traits or qualities about them that make them valuable to your life. They, they fulfill your life. They're not taking, but they're giving. And, and, and it's an even, an even energy. And so I'm going to go over some of the things that I look for in my quarters. And I think that, you know, this is some valuable, you know, some valuable advice or um, things to look for. So when we were just talking about energy vampires and they suck your energy, obviously then the opposite for your quarters, they actually fulfill you and give you energy. So there is this equal energy exchange between the two of you. It's give and take. So while let's say an energy vampire, for example, this might be a conversation between you and and them, or at least in my experience, this is how it goes. They'll come up to you. Hey, how was your day? And you tell them how your day was, but you're you notice that they're not really paying attention and you feel instantly cut off and they interrupt you and they're like, oh yeah, well at work today this happened and my husband, oh my God, he's pissing me off. He's been doing this, this, and this. And then, oh my God, the kids, they've been doing this. And you never get to really tell your side of what's going on in your life. It is constantly, every question is a way for them to just kind of get back to talking about them. And when you're done with the conversation, you just really feel like you were never heard and that you basically just did like this whole therapy session for them. Like they just totally used up everything you had. So when you have an even energy exchange, when someone asks you, so like what's new, what's been going on? And you tell them they are attentive and they are listening and they're not just waiting to interrupt and find an opportunity to talk about themselves or to really like what you're saying back to them. That is very important because you will leave those conversations not feeling drained. You will leave those conversations feeling like supercharged and, you know, vibrant and just heard and you feel really good. about. I mean, nothing feels better than feeling like someone actually cares and heard what you had to say. The next one is they have a similar lifestyle. So I'm sure you've heard the whole saying, and I and I don't know the exact words, so this is kind of just like a roundabout way of saying it, um, but basically you are a reflection of the five closest people in your life. And it's very true. You know, when you're hanging out with people and they have a certain lifestyle, you tend to start seeing that and implementing that into your own life. So for example, 
say the majority of the people that you spend your time with are workaholics, you will probably then start thinking that that is the way to be, right? Because you see them working 12-hour days, so then you're like, oh, maybe maybe I should be putting in more hours or answering you know, emails and texts while they're supposed to be spending social time with friends and family, and you're like, oh, they're doing that, maybe I should do that. But your core belief, like who you are, isn't really in alignment with that, but then you find yourself falling into those patterns. That's an example of, you know, being surrounded by people that really aren't in alignment. So you wanna find people that have like similar interests. For example, I have always been into fitness, but when I was a drinker, I had a really hard time um, staying consistent with it. And I know when I was a drinker, I did not have people in my life that were all that were into fitness. Like I just didn't because I was, you know, hanging out with other drinkers and we just don't work out. You know, there's not time for that. You're not feeling well. You got to get up, start drinking again or whatever it may be. Um, we dedicated a lot of time to that. And so now that I am sober, I have people in my life that are really into fitness and, I can communicate with them and I can look to them to inspire me to continue on my my fitness journey. I can have, you know, a conversation with them about fitness because they are, you know, on the same path as me. And so when you can find common ground with someone, it's very bonding and and once again that energy is a give and take and it and it flows and it feels really really good to have those conversations. And then the next thing which kind of ties into this is they inspire you to be better. So not only if you have people that are like living your lifestyle, um, you know, they're going to inspire you obviously to be better, but you have to understand not everyone in your life is going to be an inspiration or not everyone in your life is actually going to believe in you and your aspirations or your goals. Some of them just aren't gonna get it, especially if they're not living the same lifestyle that you live. They're just maybe not gonna understand why exactly you're doing what you're doing. The thing is, people that are energy vampires, they take this to a whole nother level. They already are, you know, feeling not the best about themselves. Energy vampires usually have very low self-esteem and they need constant, you know, praise and attention from other people to help build themselves up. And if they see somebody thriving in something and and feeling good, um, they will come at you with a negative comment, um, maybe, you know, projected their insecurity about the situation on you because they want to bring you down to their level. And you know, this this it can be a common theme within within your family. You can have an energy vampire in your family. Say you have a parent who whenever you tell them like, "Hey, I, you know, I'm aspiring to move up at work," and maybe they tell you all these reasons why you're not good enough for that or whatever the case may be, that is more of a reflection of their own self-doubt and their need to bring you to their level to keep that energy feeding them. And so you have to really be aware when this is happening and you have to know what people you can share what with. So when you, because obviously like if it's family, this is an energy vampire that you have to, you're going to have to communicate with if they're, if there's someone close to you in your life. So this is how you set boundaries and the boundaries would look like, you know, 
maybe you don't share um, certain goals or certain things that excite you that you know in the past when you've talked to them about it, you don't get that, you know, response that you needed from them to, you know, help you feel better and be better and inspire you. So the biggest thing you can do then is just refrain from telling them and talking to them about certain subjects. And then the next one is your quarters, they will have a trait or a habit that you want to achieve. So I, I've always had this like theme in my life where there will be someone that I meet or someone around me or maybe someone on social media that I meet through there um, that I just admire. Like maybe they've overcome a struggle that I struggle with or they achieved a goal or they have a, a certain you know thing about their life that I am striving for. And these are the type of people that you want to reach out to and be friends with. There was a time in my life where I would see those type of people and think, oh my gosh, they probably would want nothing to do with me. I would instantly put them on a pedestal and, and, and look at them in that way. Like they're so above me, they're not going to want anything to do with me. But really what that, that feeling is, is an indicator that this is someone that, you know, the universe or whatever put in front of you and put in your life for a reason. You are supposed to be connecting with this person because you connecting and reaching out to them and letting and and saying, hey, you know, I really dig your, you know, your fitness and you look great and I aspire to be that or whatever it may be that they have that inspires you. When you reach out and you let them know that, you are giving such a beautiful gift to them with your own energy because most likely the reason behind why they're doing what they're doing is to inspire others and you know whether it's health or um you know a goal at work or whatever it may be it is definitely something that they love to hear that it inspired someone else because it makes them you know obviously feel like it was all worth it and reflect on their own self-worth and things like that. So you wanna come at it as when you approach someone like that, you have to make sure you're not being an energy vampire in that situation. Because like I said before, an energy vampire sees somebody that has something they want, but then they um, try to bring them down. And so the best way to have a conversation with someone that you admire and look up to is to come from a place of gratitude and not a place of jealousy. And what that looks like is if you're coming from a place of jealousy, your uh, conversation or message or however you are going to communicate with them is going to have words like, oh, I wish fill in the blank or I'm so jealous that you have fill in the blank. Those phrases are coming from a place of jealousy and coming from a place of like, hey, come down to my level. And you're probably not going to get very good uh, feedback. What you need to do if you want this person in your life, you need to be grateful, first of all, that 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 the universe even put them in front of you. And then you need to just thank them. You need to say thank you for inspiring me to be better you know, whatever that is, whatever it is that they did for you, that's the kind of tone and conversation you want to have 
And this person will gradually become one of your quarters. And, you know, you would be surprised because we do sometimes put people on a pedestal, you know, how much you guys actually really have in common and how beautiful that relationship can develop and like the, the, the back and forth and the openness and the energy can just be something so valuable for your life. All right. The next thing is they are confident in the relationship. So I'm sure some of you can relate to the type of friendships where you can go weeks and months without speaking. And then when you do, it's like nothing changed. Like you pick right up where you left off. It was as if no time had passed. Those are quarters. Those people are fucking quarters because they understand that life gets busy, that we have other things going on, that we need to spend time with ourselves, we need to have self-reflection, and they truly want us in their life. They don't need us, and there is a huge difference. They want to be around you, they don't need to be around you. An energy vampire is gonna need you in their life, and that's gonna look like um, constant calls for advice, constant calls for or texts even for just the most small life decisions because they are so insecure and they need they need you to completely validate every move they make every day, every week, whatever it may be. And it's very exhausting. And if you are an empath like me, which if you're listening and you've gotten this far into the podcast and you're just like, oh my God, this is me. You're probably an empath, which means people, energy vampires are going to be all over you anyway, because you, they can sense that you feel their pain. And in a way you are like taking that for them. Like, you, you know, you talk about them taking energy from you. Well, you also are like collecting their negative energy and their feelings of self-doubt and their feelings of shit about themselves. And like, you can actually feel that and you carry it for them. And so when you have someone in your life that is constantly needing you, it's very, very, very important to recognize it and start setting boundaries. Now, I want to say, I'm not talking about when someone actually has a legit problem. You know, there's some things in life that are really big that people are going to reach out to us for and they're going to need our support. You know, divorce, losing a loved one, um, even in sobriety, maybe having a craving and they just need to talk it out. Those things are, you know, definitely something you want to be there for someone for, right? Especially if it's one of your quarters or someone really close that you care about. But as far as these energy vampires go, you're going to recognize that like every little thing becomes a major problem. I mean, it could come down to like they could be texting you and they're like at the grocery store and they can't decide between two different things. And they're using you to like, hey, you know, can you help me with this? Like who has time for that during the day? Like these people need to learn how to, you know, take control of their own destiny in their own life and like make all these decisions. And what happens is when you are constantly, you know, texting them back and giving into this, you're feeding the beast and you're, you're not helping them in any way. You're not helping them be independent and, and, you know, can process their own thoughts and and get through things because you're just enabling this behavior. So 
some of the things you can do. There's some direct, there's some direct things. If you don't mind confrontation and you like to be direct, you can just text them and say, listen, I've been feeling really overwhelmed with the amount of you know, communication or however you want to word it, but just let them know that you are feeling like, like stand up for yourself. Let them know that you are feeling overwhelmed when it comes to the relationship and, um, how much, you know, the need is there to constantly be communicating. And, um, that might look like, you know, Hey, I'm really busy. And so like during the day when you're texting me, I I'm overwhelmed and I can't get back to you, um, right away. And I want you to understand that. Another way is to just start to to implement how you want things to be. So that looks like if they're texting you, quit texting them back right away. Make them sit, make them figure the problem out on their own or make them, you know, I'm sure you're not the only one they're reaching out to. Um, So make them reach out to someone else. Make them figure out how to solve the problem on their own because honest to God, it's not gonna kill them. It's not going to kill them. And you have your own life and your own problems, especially if you're sober, right? If you're sober, you're already spending so much energy every day on your sobriety and making sure that, you know, that's your main focus. So you don't need to take on other people's stress um, because, you know, obviously we're all trying to be a little less stressed in sobriety and we're already sorting through old feelings, new feelings, things that we've never really had to navigate because we used to drink to get through it. And so having someone like added into the mix, adding all of their issues is just, it's its not gonna be good for your sobriety. So you gotta keep that in mind and remember to keep that sobriety first. So another way to demand this respect is don't text them back right away. Ha- maybe have some times, like especially like your downtimes, silence their, their, their calls and their texts during that time. And then you can, if you want to respond to them the next day, do not apologize for not getting right back to them. Okay. That is huge. This is how you set a hard boundary and you teach people how to respect your time. When you get back to them the next morning or whenever you do, you say to them, thank you for being patient and waiting for my response. Then you respond and you move on. When you do that, you are demanding that that they understand patience, that your time is valuable, that you had other things to do. And it starts to set this tone moving forward on what they what their expectations are when they reach out to you. So that is just very, very important to do. Okay, so those are the traits that you should look for. And then obviously the the flags and the things that you you should also look for um, when trying to figure out who's an energy vampire in your life. And I want to also touch on ways that you can, um, you know, use that energy with your quarters to kind of help you when you have to be around the energy vampires. Your quarters, like I told you, after you've spent time with them, you're gonna have like this burst of energy. You're gonna feel on top of the world, you're gonna feel really good, and you're gonna just feel like you can take anything on. So why not use that to your advantage? And what that might look like is, let's say there's some, because like I said earlier, we're gonna have energy vampires in our life. I'm not saying you can just be like, rid of all of them because it's just not going to happen. You've got family. And like I said, maybe at work, there's some energy vampires. 
So what that might look like is say you have a meeting at work one day and you know that like there's some ener- there's going to be some energy vampires in the room and you're going to have to interact with them. Setting up some time either before or after with one of your quarters is going to help you significantly. So it would look like maybe reaching out to one of your quarters and saying, hey, you want to meet for coffee this morning? Knowing that, you know, in the afternoon, you're going to have to go into this meeting. Meeting with them and having some coffee and and interacting and having them, you know, inspire you. They're going to lift you up. You guys are going to have those conversations that just make you feel good about yourself. You're going to have so much energy and so much confidence when you go into that meeting you're going to be able to get through that without feeling completely depleted when you leave. Now say that's not possible. Maybe you have a morning meeting. Let's make some time then in the afternoon or in the evening to connect with a quarter. You know, it doesn't even have to be like a face-to-face get-together. Maybe it's just even texting um, can sometimes help boost that energy. You know, just having like, and I'm not talking like, oh, how's the weather today? You know, like maybe you reach out to them and just say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you. I just want to thank you. You've always been such a great friend. You know, something that's like, that's going to just make you feel warm and fuzzy, you know, like make you feel really good and um, make them feel good too, because that's just how that energy will, will just, you know, go back and forth between, between the two of you. And so then that's a good way to, you know, help boost that energy after spending time uh, I know that for me, my my friend Yvonne is a, is like one of my top quarters. Oh my God, her and I are soul sisters. I've talked about her before, so shout out Yvonne. She is she listens to my podcast. She's a huge supporter of the podcast as well. And um, you know, her and I, we always talk about how we're soulmates. I mean, there's things where I'll go to text her and she's like, oh my God, I was just going to text you the same thing. Or, you know, we show up to see each other. We're wearing like the same outfit. Um, It's that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just like the best relationship, right? Because you just feel so connected to someone and like someone truly gets you and understands you. And so there's a lot of times in my life where I'll feel a little flat or I'll feel a little like uninspired or just kind of out of sorts. And I now recognize that as needing some some soul sister time. Like I need some I need some time with with my girl Yvonne when that's going on, or you know anyone that's a, that's you know connected with me that way. Um, and so I will you know reach out to her, and we'll maybe get together and sit and chat and have coffee and catch up. And our conversations are just so beautiful because it's just you know a lot of like deep. We have like a deep care and respect for each other. And when I am done hanging out with her or spending any, I mean, any amount of time with her, I, I walk away just feeling so empowered and so much better. And that flatness just, it just fades and it goes away. So we have to remember to do that in our sobriety because I, I've, I've heard people, or I should say I've read on Instagram, you know, or even when they do their stories and reels, you know, it is a common theme. Like we can sometimes feel secluded and, you know, for some of us, we needed that, especially in the beginning. We just need some time to ourselves because we're just trying to figure out who the fuck we are and like what we do now with life. Right. Because, okay. When, well, our, our, we were so ingrained in the drinking and as part of our personality or like who we were. And so 
then we're trying to figure all that out. And then we're trying to figure out, you know, who, who we want to be around and, and who we don't, and then hurting people's feelings. And there's just this whole process to it. But it is really important to recognize who your quarters are and keep them close and, and use them and reach out to them and, um, you know, really, really value those relationships. So I hope this all helps. Um, I really, really love these type of conversations. So if you feel inspired and want to reach out and continue this conversation, um, I always include my Instagram handle and my email in the show notes. So please, I'm here for it reach out if you want to, if you want to continue or if you have any questions or, you know, want to just ponder something. I am here for it. But until next week, this will be the end of this episode and I hope you enjoyed. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss future episodes. And just so you know, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you and in the sober community. It's an easy way to do your part in normalizing a sober lifestyle. Because I truly believe that nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And that being said, feel free to reach out to me or anyone on the sober Instagram community. Check out my show notes for my Instagram handle at thisisstephsober. My DMs are always open.